Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, Lenten Preaching Edition, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church, recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. Has anybody here seen my old friend Sam? Can you tell me where he's gone? I'm right here, dude. (laughs) Sam, should we tell them about our coffee talk at Crosstown Concourse? We absolutely should. Um, But really quick before we do that, um, I I will say uh, from Micah and I, it is such a joy and a delight to be here with you all. Thank you so much uh, to everybody who who makes this happen every year. Um, And particularly, uh, Heidi Rupke, um, the labor of love that she puts into making this happen every year is truly a thing to behold. And we don't don't always applaud in church, but I'm wondering if we can give a round of applause for Heidi uh, for... That, that woman works so hard and does so much amazing work for this series. So, the coffee. So, this whole crazy idea started uh, with a conversation that Micah and I had over coffee at Crosstown about a, a Talmudic phrase that, that we both love. We were chatting and Micah brought up this, this ancient Aramaic phrase and he wondered if I'd ever heard it before. And I said, um, I have a print of that phrase hanging on my wall. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. That's right, that one which reads Evra Kadivra, Avra Kadivra, or in English letters, Abra Kadabra. Translated, I speak, therefore I create. The reverse of Abra Kadabra is that when we don't speak, or share, or meet, or simply see one another, we fail to create and we wither. I think that's such an important contrast that that you bring up because during the pandemic, we came to depend on our words in a new way, didn't we? Right, many of our usual means of connecting with each other and and with the higher powers that we believed in, like like touch and, and eye contact and shared meals were taken from us. So we had to rely almost entirely on our words. Brilliant, Sam, and since preaching is the art of shaping words into a message. I wonder how our relationship to words has changed during these past two COVID years, including our relationship to preaching and scripture itself. Just as magicians claim to have the power to change the reality that is in front of them with the words abracadabra, I will create as I have spoken, so too, if you think about it, when God created the world, it was done not with hands or a top act, but with speech. In the Bible we share, my brother, in Genesis 1-3, the first thing that God does is speak words. The verse reads, Vayomer Adonai or, and God spoke these words, let there be light, and there was light. Just what is it about the spoken word that causes it to transform worlds? 
the power of, of the spoken word, I believe, is in its ability to, to connect us with each other and, and with what's beyond us. Um, a quick question for the clergy people in the room. We're going to have a show of hands. Who, who are my clergy people in the room? Keep your hand in the air if at some point uh, uh, in the past two years you have described yourself to someone as exhausted. You know, because people talk a lot, you know, about how it's exhausting to be a clergy person in the era of COVID-19, you know, because there's the logistics and the Zoom meeting and canceling and postponing events, and and all of that is true. I can tell you it's true, but I I think what we need to give some serious consideration to uh, is the exhaustion of being a clergy person in this era just given the nature of what we do. Because, you know, I I think most of us will concede that the problem of COVID-19, you know, will be addressed best by modern science and common sense. There is also a vital role for religious institutions and religious leaders to play. The sacred words that preachers and worship leaders can offer have been comforting people in their heartbreak and in their fear for thousands upon thousands of years. And they also have a crucial role to play in helping us survive this pandemic. They connect, they inspire, they can truly heal. Switching to online services was a a headache, but it was far from the biggest thing we've dealt with in the past two years, which was supporting our congregation's hearts and hopes. It's kind of interesting to think about. I think about all of the clergy people who raised their hand just now. I think in the last two years, many of us have done some of the most important preaching we'll ever do. And we did it mostly looking at a camera in an empty room. I think the same way as you, Sam, about our clergy colleagues in the sanctuary today and what it has meant to be on the spiritual front lines these past two years. But what hasn't changed, Reverend Title is that no matter what our path to the one God who loves us all, we carry common convictions and a shared destiny as Memphians and children of God. Now, speaking of the abracadabra spoken words of God on my mind in recent times, the words Reverend Bush read from Exodus, when God speaks to Moses saying, I will do this thing that you have asked in your request to see my presence. I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim before you the name Adonai and disclose all my characteristics, the grace that I grant and the compassion that I show. But, God continues with these words, you cannot see my face for humans cannot see me directly and live. And God continues with more spoken words. See, there is a place near me. Station yourself on the rock, and as my presence passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and shield you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. God's face cannot be seen, says the Torah, because no human being can ever penetrate the ultimate mystery 
of God's being. Only glimpses of divinity are possible. To see another person is to see the face of God, right? Even for Moses, what does it mean when God says, you can't see my face, but you can see my back? This daring human image for God, contrasted with the usual biblical term, panim, face or presence, refers, the rabbinic sages say, to the traces of the divine presence, the afterglow, if you will, of God's supernatural radiance. Or, as the Christian thinker Kierkegaard puts it, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. We can all discern God's presence at times or in retrospect looking back on our lives, can't we? Just as a sailing vessel leaves behind a wake of white foam, or just like footprints in the sand indicate the passage of human feet, so do the many wonders of God leave their mark in this world and in our lives. We see God's back and sense God's presence through God's after effects in the people we meet and in the experiences we share, the backside, if you will. We live with the back of the past, but we do not have to live in the past. Even Moses loses it. Remember, by breaking the ten tablets after the golden calf, Moses talks God out of destroying the people, saying, I'm not abandoning them, so don't even think of breaking your covenant with them. Give me a new set of tablets, and I will continue leading your people. We all know how the story ends, with a new set of tablets. But whatever happened to the broken shards of the first set, you won't find them at Sotheby's. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say, which led the early rabbis to say, Luchot v'shivrei luchot munachin ba'aron, the whole tablets and the broken ones rested side by side inside the holy ark. In other words, the Israelites carried the broken pieces of the past, the backside, and the whole tablets in the same ark through the wilderness because being human means being broken too. Each of us carries brokenness from the past, and wholeness inside us too. And unless we make spaces for both the broken and the whole, we can't move forward in the wilderness like the Israelites did on their own journey. Unless we make space for both the broken and the whole, we can't carry forward Memphis into a better tomorrow. The broken tablets rested side by side inside the Holy Ark, reminding us, as James Baldwin did, that if you are not afraid to look back, nothing you are facing right now can frighten you. We are broken and whole at the same time, but the broken tablets need not overshadow the whole tablets as we march toward Passover, Easter, and a new season ahead, Sam. Mm. I just love that idea so much that the words 
of God, the, the abracadabra of God is, is still valuable and sacred even when it's broken. Just, just like people, God's other creations are still worthy and of value in our brokenness. When I think about the, the, the power of, of spoken words, I, I've been thinking about the prophet Isaiah. This is a story that I think a lot of us know, right? Am I getting some nods? Uh, Isaiah has, has this vision that he's standing before God and there's, there's angels and, and, and everything and he immediately says, woe is me, I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips, yet my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. He says that he isn't worthy to even be there because of the words that he has said in the past. And it's interesting, he mentions his words, not his actions. It's interesting. And then one of the angels uh, picks a hot coal up out of the fire and takes this coal and cleanses Isaiah's lips with it in this beautiful and symbolic ritual that I'm sure Micah understands a lot better than I do. And then, uh, and then God asks Isaiah to be a prophet in this, this really interesting way that I think is worth us paying attention to, sort of this indirect, you know, God says, so I'm, uh, I'm looking for somebody to, to go to earth and be a prophet. <laughs> Who could possibly do this? And only then does Isaiah say, okay, here I am, send me. And I think God's reluctance to ask Isaiah outright to go do this thing and Isaiah's reluctance to volunteer come both from them knowing what a big task Isaiah is being asked to do. Both of them understand the immense power that Isaiah is being entrusted with when he agrees to go speak the word of God. Preaching, speaking sacred words, is beautiful and rewarding work. And also at times, it is monstrously difficult and overwhelming. Words don't exactly change the world themselves, but they change people. And those people change the world. And preachers, I, I think we can often find ourselves feeling like Isaiah, like we are unworthy to carry the power that our pulpits give us. And we often need people around us to empower us and help us lift up our own voice. This is why clergy need each other. This is why the clergy in this room need each other. This is why I am grateful for friendships like the one I share with my, my beloved Micah Greenstein. So Micah, now I'm wondering about what you said earlier about the, the reverse of abracadabra. So if, if to speak is to create, uh, then is to not speak simply to, to not create, or, or is it a destructive act all by itself? Yes, Sam. Words, words also have the power to keep people enslaved through lies, deceit, misinformation, disinformation. Putin has created unimagined bloodshed on innocence with words to his military cronies. And the atrocities he created with his words are his responsibility and no one else's. In our daily prayers from my tradition, 
we not only pray for the gift of a new day and pray for the people of Ukraine, as I know you all do no matter what your faith tradition, we open and close our central prayer recalling all the generations past from Psalm 51. O God, open my mouth that my lips may speak your praise. And we conclude, strangely, with the words of Psalm 34, verse 14. O God, my God, keep my tongue from evil and my lips from lies. Why do we close this prayer in my tradition on this note? Why don't we just ask for peace, love, and health in the world? Because just as we hope that with our words in the form of prayer, God will create the world we all wish to live in, our words, as you implied, Sam, have the power to break down the ideal world for which we are striving. If we are to aid God in creating our ideal Memphis, our ideal world, wherever we are on earth, then we need to keep our tongues from destroying it. And that's on all of us. That's on everyone in this room. It's something I, I've always wondered about in our congregations, you know, the various congregations that we're a part of is so, so often the sacred words go one way. The preacher speaks and the congregation listens. But for us to truly work for a better world, for us to truly find that moment of abracadabra, it takes all of our voices. It takes all of us speaking out. It takes all of our creativity to create a better world. Sam, if there are any words from our shared scripture that create memories of meaning and moments of joy, it's this verse with which you and I will close from our shared scripture. If you'll please rise as able. Adonai May the Lord bless you and keep you. Ya'er Adonai Pahanav Elecha Vichunecha May the Lord's face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. Yisa Adonai Yisah Adonai Pahanav Elecha Veyaseim Lecha Veyaseim Lecha Veyaseim Lecha Shalom Shalom May the Lord Lift up the Lord's face upon you and give you peace. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Thanks be to God. The Calvary Podcast theme music was composed by Spence Bailey. Special thanks to Robin Banks, Director of Communications at Calvary, and Heidi Rupke, Lenten Preaching Series Coordinator. And thanks to you for listening. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates. 
or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.